Welcome everyone. Ask Rabbi Miller by Simchas HaChaim Publishing. If life requires so many problems, why can't I commit suicide prior to 20? <laughs> why prior to 20? Because this person thinks he'll be exonerated from the punishment. Because it states someplace that heaven doesn't punish before 20. The based in Shalmata punishes, humans punish from Baal Mitzvah, but heaven doesn't punish. And the answer is, it's not true that there's no punishment. The truth is there's punishment even before Baal Mitzvah. Everybody is responsible according to his intelligence. And there is some intelligence before Baal Mitzvah. Only the full intelligence that's required to be responsible for the based in Shalmata, for human beings to punish him, doesn't come until 13. However, HaKadosh Baruch Hu doesn't give the full punishment B'day Shomayim until somebody has matured up till 20. However, some people don't mature at 20. And some people mature before 20. Everybody, however, matures to some extent even before Baal Mitzvah. And therefore, Bedine Shomayim is no clear-cut boundary. Everybody is responsible. Now, as to the question of committing suicide, it's like saying, I have a million dollars. There are a lot of problems with a million dollars. Should you spend the money traveling? You can go to Switzerland in a hotel. You can go skiing. Or you can go on a round-the-world ocean voyage. Or you can buy a palace, let's say, in Maine for the summertime, a palace in Florida for the winter. Or a lot of other things to do. So since there's so many problems, how to spend their money, so they'll commit suicide. <laughs> Easier ways of solving your problem. Fill your pocket with quarters and go to the candy store. It's a lot of fun. Pocket full of quarters. Only you have to line it with leather. You shouldn't make a hole in your pocket. And you'll spend and spend. Or you can stand on the corner and hand it out to people. Make them happy. Why do you have to commit suicide? So a person who commits suicide is going to be punished. you know why? For being the greatest shaita in the world. A fool is somebody who throws away what you give him and does nothing like life. Even though you don't have a quarter to your name, the biggest wealth is to be alive. It's such happiness to have life that nothing in the world is equal to it. And so a person who wants to commit suicide should know that as soon as he does it, he's going to be escorted into the next world by guards. He won't, he won't get away with anything. And the first thing will be, Bezdin Shalmailo will say to him, you big shaita, you think it's a mitzvah to be a shaita? The worst punishment are for people who are fools. Because I gave you a cycle, and the cycle tells 
What's the first principle of cycle? The first principle is self-preservation. That's the primary instinct of everybody. So you are more stupid than a cat. You are more stupid than a cockroach. You ever try to step on a cockroach? See how busy he is trying to save his life? <laughs> so everybody in the world knows that life is the most precious thing to have. And you took my best gift and you squandered it. So you'll be slapped. Slapped and slapped and slapped and slapped forever and ever. A suicide is worse than a murderer. Because he murdered his closest relative. A man who murders his mother is a real murder. But a man who murders himself is much worse than if he murdered his mother. Because you have to love yourself more. That's your closest relative. And therefore, The cruel man is the one who destroys his own flesh. And suicide is therefore one of the very worst crimes. And that's why there's a looking for crimes to do, <laughs> looking for more and more bad things to do. And their heart's set because they're doing everything bad now. So therefore, they finally discovered one thing. That's one movement of which I approve wholeheartedly. <laughs> all those people who have tried all the wicked things and can't find anything else, I would pay their subscription in that organization. <laughs> we should all pay their membership and urge them by all means. Of course, it would be a great pity if they would do it, however. When you have life, hold on to it, even life with pain. Even people with Hasrashalam terminal cancer, who says life has to be fun? Life in pain is a very great opportunity. Oh, you can accomplish. If a man thinks while he has pain, he thinks, look at all the happy days I had, how foolish I was, I didn't appreciate the pain-free days when I was young and I walked through life without any sensation of discomfort day after day. There was no headache, so many days without toothache, so many days no aching bones, so many days I had appetite, so many days I had elimination normally. Everything was working well. Now I see what it means that I had all these things I didn't appreciate. And now I look back and I'm going to thank HaKodesh Baruch for what he gave me because now I see what I had. So here's a terminal patient lying on his deathbed saying to him and thanking HaKodesh Baruch for all the happy days he had before he was sick. And then when he's finished, he begins thanking for the opportunity to live now and to praise and thank Hashem. Let me live, he says, even in pain. Life is so valuable that even in the greatest pain, and even if somebody is an idiot, it pays to live. Because the thoughts of an idiot are still human thoughts. And it's not perhaps with the greatest intelligence of a genius but he has a limited intelligence so who says you have to be a genius even an idiot thinks certain thoughts and therefore life is valuable for every human being and a person who would kill an idiot and let's say as an idiot in pain anybody who decide to kill him is put to death 
by the Jewish business. What the Gentiles will do, none of our business, because the Gentiles have no sense. The Supreme Court, I must say, have demonstrated they are utterly irresponsible people. They never were too responsible. And today, they are fully irresponsible people. But the Jewish Bezdin would put to death anybody who murdered an imbecile who was in pain because life is so precious. It's the most glorious gift of all. So who said you have to have all golden coins, copper coins of life, are also valuable? And therefore, to the person who is in a hurry to commit suicide, we advise him, wait until next week. <laughs> next week you can do it too. Never too late to commit suicide. Where does it say that a woman must get married? Isn't a mitzvah only on the man? Is it an avail if a woman doesn't get married or not? Seek perfection. Answer it says all the time in the Torah. It says in the Torah, Do what's right and what's good in the eyes of Hashem. What's right in the eyes of Hashem? Now, one of the most fundamental, most common sense things that anybody who understands Torah would say is bringing into the world decent Torah-observing Jews. There is no career that's more rewarding, that brings a person more perfection than the career of being a parent. A mother should know that her function is no less than a Rosh Yeshiva. When she is able to have the privilege of bearing children bringing into the world Hashem, she should rejoice with each one as if she was given a whole block of apartment houses. Suppose you got a block of apartment houses every year, every year and a half or so. Would you groan? The truth is you should. Because all these new tenants that you're getting will drive you crazy. There's no question. And even if you'll hire managers for the apartment houses, the managers will drive you crazy. Somebody once said, when you hire managers to take care of your business, now you have to worry about the business and about the managers. <laughs> <laughs> the more employees you hire, so you have to worry about your business plus the employees. And so, even though it's such a burden, here, you're buying every year a new block of Ocean Parkway. New block with a big apartment house, all the way from here down to Church Avenue. Past Church Avenue, maybe doesn't pay to buy. <laughs> doesn't pay to buy anymore. Up to Church Avenue, let's say. From Church Avenue down to Brighton, you're buying an apartment house a block every year. So you feel it's worthwhile? If you have a child every once and so often, you have to know you're doing something. It's not a block. 
you're getting an ocean parkway full of apartment houses. And that's also an understatement. There's no wealth compared to the wealth of another child. So if a woman asks, where does it say she should get married? We ask, where does it say you have to be successful? Now suppose a woman is past childbearing age. Where does it say she should get married? And the answer is the same. Because we live, as was mentioned before, for the purpose of preparation. You don't prepare by being selfish. You prepare by learning to get along with people. Of course, if a woman has a wicked husband, then she's much better off without him. But if a woman could get a decent man, he doesn't have to be a tzaddi godl or big talmid chacham. But as a man who keeps a kosher home and keeps Shabbos and Taras HaMishpoche and he goes to the Beis HaKnesis to Daven, so she is fortunate to have somebody like that for whom to prepare supper and to bake chalas for him and to live together with him in the holiness of a Jewish home. Because a Jewish home is an especial creation. Once you live with a husband in a Jewish home, a kosher home, you're making something that will last forever. Of course, when there are children in the home, so you're making many homes. Then you're getting compound interest. But even to be married without children in a kosher Decent Jewish home is an achievement that lasts forever and ever. And the two builders of that home not only will gain Olam Habo, they'll be rewarded forever, but they'll gain happiness in this world. Of course, there's always some strife. Isn't there strife in business? Isn't there strife on the street? Show me one place that's without some kind of arguments. So married life many times does have some strife. But that doesn't detract from the fact that this is a system of life that causes shlemus, it causes perfection of character because you make peace, one yields to the other a little bit, the characters become smoothed off a little bit by rubbing against each other. You see pebbles in the stream. You notice all the pebbles are round in the stream. No sharp-edged pebbles. Why is that? Answer is, the current causes the pebbles to rub against each other constantly. And after a while, they all become smooth. So married people are more smooth than unmarried people. All the rough edges, whether they want or not, whether they want or not, the rough edges are rubbed off. And character develops when they live together. And therefore, it certainly does state that a woman should get married. And everybody should seek to get settled in a Jewish home. That is the setting for the diamond. The Jew is a diamond, but he has to have a setting. Question. Is it better to be naturally righteous, which means born righteous, or is it better to be someone who had to work hard on self-improvement. Now this question is hypothetical. There is no such thing as being naturally righteous. Naturally, Nature is not righteous. 
Naturally, everybody is for himself. You see, a little baby is for himself. It takes training to learn to give away something of yours to somebody else. Nobody is naturally righteous. Now, some people naturally have some tendencies that are better than other people. So we'll ask the question. Suppose a person naturally is not hot-tempered. Is he better than somebody who learned to control his temper? And the answer is obvious. It doesn't need me to tell the answer. Anybody who labors, <clears throat> according to the difficulty, so is the reward. If you have a tough character, but you learn to keep yourself in check by training, by self-restraint, then your reward is certainly much greater than the man who is calm and phlegmatic and doesn't have a temper. On the subject. Can we say that the seasons are also Can we say the seasons are very good? Certainly the seasons are very good. Now, it's hard to get good apples now. But soon, all the fruit stands will be covered with glorious red apples. Now, who's painting those apples red? Right now, they're on the trees. And as you walk through the street and sweat is pouring from you, you have to know that hot te at temperature is actually baking the apples on the trees. Apples are becoming red right now. Suppose your wife is baking some beautiful chalice in the kitchen. Would you walk by and say, whew, how hot it is? If you would, then you're an ingrate. You're an ungrateful fellow. Because without a hot kitchen, you won't have any chalice. And without a hot summer, you're not going to enjoy those beautiful peras that will eat all winter. Certainly, the summertime is a season when all the good things are being readied. Right now, the apples on the trees are hard and green and sour. It's only the baking sun that makes them red and sweet and soft. So therefore, appreciate what our Kodesh Baruch is doing. Suppose you had to buy raw apples and cook them. You'd never get the taste of a tree-ripened apple. And so now the trees are cooking on, the, the apples are cooking on the tree. And these luscious fruits are being readied for you just because of the season. Actually, that's not enough. The seasons have many blessings. Don't think that the hot weather is not a blessing. Hot weather is a, certainly a blessing. As the perspiration pours out of your pores, you know what it's doing? It's taking a great deal of burden off the kidneys. Because we eliminate liquids in two forms, through the kidneys, and I mean, by urination, and by means of the pores. And perspiration, by means of the pores, is one of the big means of cleansing the body of wastes. And therefore, there are many things. You notice? In the summertime, dentists have a lot less work to do 
because people don't have toothaches in summertime. Well, people don't go to the dentist because of logic, because they have to have their teeth inspected. They only go when a notice comes. In the middle of the night, a notice arrives, and he comes in the morning with a swollen jaw to the dentist. He's the first man, even without an appointment. And at wintertime, when people open their mouths on the street, that's when the cold air comes in, and they get toothaches. People with arthritis, they live in summertime. They may complain. They're ungrateful. But when the winter starts coming around and their bones tell them it's winter time, every bone reminds them it's winter. They don't appreciate winter. Now you have to know it costs a lot of money to warm up the world in the summertime. All this energy to ripen the fruits, energy to keep the streets warm. You shouldn't have toothache. But you shouldn't have arthritis and many other things in the winter time that you suffer, that you don't suffer in the summer times. Respiratory diseases, pneumonia, colds, coughs, sniffles, all winter. Summertime comes, it's gone. Now you need a lot of energy for that. Suppose you had to pay, let's say, Saudi Arabia for petroleum to keep the world warm. It would be an expensive prospect. Uh, matter to keep the warm, the world warm in summertime. What does HaKadosh Baruch do? He turns his back on Saudi Arabia and he uses solar energy that the government is trying to use now, but HaKadosh Baruch is using it. And billions of tons of solar energy hit the earth every second. Just think how much that would cost in terms of oil. Certainly have to appreciate the summer. And now we're learning to appreciate the winter. We look forward to the good old days when you walk in the street with a muffler and you wouldn't be able to perspire anymore. Certainly all the seasons are glorious. Each one has its own taste, its own zest. And we have to learn how to enjoy each one of them. They're all good gifts. The Ask Rabbi Miller podcast is published by Simchas HaChaim Publishing online at simchashachaim.com. Rabbi Miller's recorded lectures are property of Yeshiva Gedola B.C. Israel.